Two Shoes Podcast. I'm Ellie. I'm the daughter half. And I'm Becky. I'm the mom half. And I'm so sick. I think I, I just realized I was about to say it. And if I sound weird, it's because I'm sick. But I think I literally said that last time. Yeah, you went through like this wave of being like low-level sick. And then you were like really sick. And then you were better sick. But it's still kind of sick. Yeah. And now you're like worse sick. Hoping by tomorrow you'll be better sick. Sick, sick, sick. Yeah. Sick is the home of Nicholas. Sick, sick, sick. No, no, no. Wait, people no don't that? know that. People don't know. I'm that. pretty sure people do because, like, not people, everyone watches Veggie Tales. But a lot of people do. Greece <laughs> Have is they... the home of Nicholas. Grease, grease, grease. Anyways, um, I have been busy this week because I have been practicing because this Saturday, which is not this Saturday, but the one that just passed. So the um, previous Saturday that yep. is already gone. The, it's it's left us. It's no longer here. Um, I got to, oh, guys, it's so windy. This whole day, it's been so windy. We're up and we're trying to ha- make the sound a little better. So we're trying recording in our attic, which has like more po- like pushy, cushy stuff in it so that it'll be just give push me a break. I've no, I'm just, brain. I'm not making fun. I'm just like, okay, wait, we need to explain what you just meant. Basically we- it has, it's going to be less echoey. So hopefully it'll sound a little bit better because the sound will get caught up in all of the cushies. There's beds and couches and like walls that curve in chairs oh my yeah um but that also means that we're in the thick of the wind and so it keeps conking and cracking all around us as our house creaks like creaking person you may or may not hear a bat stuck in a wall too yeah so. he's been traveling like the whole distance around these walls anyways um i just had to practice a bunch because i was playing with my dad um at a christmas market thing i was playing guitar um for a gig and it was really fun and i was just a crazy opportunity um i'm super grateful for but i mostly spent this week like preparing songs and practicing my brain out and wrecking my Mm. fingers but i'm actually really happy because if you play guitar you know that like there's it's the kind of like good pain of like taking a ponytail out after a long day is the pain of like having guitar fingers after a long time of playing because it hurts so much but you also know that it's going to make it so much better for you playing in the future so that's the kind of pain I'm dealing with but yeah no it was like six hours of playing Christmas music and it was a lot but it was honestly really fun and it's just I don't know it's just really exciting for me to know that like I don't know like I was able to get paid for doing guitar you know it's just kind of crazy I think if I had told myself that like even like a year ago I would have been pretty blown away. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Also, I'm hoping I'm loud enough, but my voice is kind of giving out, so (laughs) I hope you guys can hear me. But, yeah, it's just a really cool moment, and I'm kind of, like, trying not to have, like, imposter syndrome because, like, I know I worked towards this, so it makes sense that this would be something that would happen. Um, But it's just really exciting, and I'm hopeful that things like this will be able to happen in the future. Yep. You did a really good job, and you sounded really well. I kept joking that I wanted your Christmas album when you're done. <laughs> <laughs> I want a Christmas album too. That you made. Yeah. Yeah. Um not original songs or anything, but um like all the classic songs that you come to expect to hear. So, yeah, you guys did a great job Thanks. and you guys harmonize well with each other, so that always adds like a nice fullness for sure. To yeah. your music and harmonies at bomb.com. <laughs> Um, so dorky. <laughs> okay, don't even. You're the queen of dorky. I learned dorky from you. 
I know, but now you're giving it back. I can't believe it. I know. I said something the other day. I don't even remember what it was, but it was like something um, super like momish, and Daddy was just laughing at me. It was on the level of like, oh my G's. Oh my P's and Q's. (laughs) Well, all right. So, anything else that you want to talk about? Um, No. I have chocolate, and I'm happy about that. And I've been drinking a lot of tea. And I really want a bunny. Oh, that slipped out. Yes, I know you want a bunny. We're not getting a bunny. (laughs) Our cat would maul the bunny. Okay, you guys need to convince her otherwise, because I don't think that this is a real thing. Our cat literally is one step away from being a genuine edible potato. He doesn't do much. He doesn't even know that I'm talking about him right now. He's half half asleep, and half his weight is bricks, and half his brain is potato. All right, anyway. Point is, there's no point. Any life updates for you? Uh, Well, actually, I'm still taking classes outside of work and normal life um i take one class that lasts for six weeks it's in like a women in leadership sort of thing so it's like two years of these classes so i'm in i've been doing it for over a year now and really really learning a lot about the bible and and um just really enjoying it and i actually haven't talked that much about it even though i've been doing it the entire time we've been podcasting so i thought today what's what have you been learning lately with that well wait what why are you looking at me like that i was well i was just about to say that like the class that i'm taking right now is called soul care and it's with it's with other women around the country and we meet once a week on zoom and we always have a professor or a teacher like one time like one of our classes involved a like learning from a professor who also teaches students at moody bible institute so that was kind of cool cool. like she was you could tell she was just at a different level like these other other teachers that we've had have been amazing and they've all been great in their own right but you could just tell like this is her job is Mm. is teaching at this level and um and you know none of these classes have a grade it's more like you show up you do the work and and you're in you're paying for these things so you you do it right it's like college don't show up to the classes it really only hurts you right and also like it's because it's not graded the that level of pressure is off we're not going to get like a degree or certificate at the end it's more for personal development so for instance one of the classes was teaching me how to study the bible better it's called hermeneutics and i learned so much so much in six weeks about breaking down a passage and looking up the original like Greek or she talked a bit about it on here I think yeah with when we were talking about like how to get more into your Bible oh yeah that's right sure I brought that in a little bit like another class I just finished was called homiletics and that's about giving sermons and so everyone in my class was like had to give like create and write a sermon and give it and record ourselves and you know get feedback on sermons so I we got to have our own little sermon in our living room yeah I mean most of the women gave sermons to like the people that like they all most of these women have like people under them in their churches or they run a program or whatever and so they were doing it relevant to that group but I don't really have that in my church I'm being the administrative assistant so I just uh gave it to the kids I wrote a sermon for the kids 
It and was really fun. We liked it. Yeah, you did? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> there were slides and everything. We got to sit and pretend that we were in a church service, and it was really cute. <laughs> and also, I also, your sermon was good. That was also Yeah, did you learn anything? Yes, I did. Okay, good. I learned lots. Yeah. So that was cool. Like, just sticking. It's caused me to, like, a lot of the gals in there, it's caused a lot of growth. Like, mm-hmm. stepping out of comfort zones, doing things that we oh, wouldn't normally do. And just, so the class that I'm taking right now, which is what I kind of wanted to talk about, is called Soul Care. And it's part two of Soul Care. So, like, we took the first part of this class, like, eight months ago in the spring, like, like actually late winter, early spring of, of this past year. And this is like part two. And the first part of it was developing a spiritual rhythm. And, um, the explanation to that is, um, finding a way in your life to make room and time for relationship with God and it's not and there's like all these different spiritual rhythms that you can learn and practice it's not so for instance one of them is silence like learning to be in silence learning to just <laughs> listen to God you start laughing why because you're like I don't practice that one <laughs> and it like listening prayers where you don't talk the whole time where maybe you like have a bit of time where you're praying when you're talking but then you just sit and, and train yourself to be quiet and and just sit in the presence of the Lord one of them, one of the spiritual disciplines is Sabbath. So learning to be intentional about taking time off from work and, and focusing in. And you're not like, you know, sitting there meditating on God for 24 hours. It's like more like taking a break, actually taking a Sunday or a Saturday off and, um, or, you know, whatever day of the week and, and shutting down all the obligations to restore yourself a little bit. And, um, you know, there's one there was a spiritual discipline about prayer and it wasn't ha- having to do with silence and it was and I think that's the one I can't it's so bad I don't remember which one I picked but I'm pretty sure it was the prayer one because then you are supposed to develop kind of a routine for your life so that you build this discipline into that routine and so that it becomes just a part of your day huh. and so getting up early and praying was part of the routine that um I wanted to build into my life and it hasn't been perfect, but I've been doing it more intentionally with your dad or on my own. Um, and that's been good because there's just, you just feel like your relationship with God builds in those moments. He sees that you're trying, so he honors that and takes the step, like you're making a step towards him, so he reciprocates, of course. And um, But right now, what I thought was super interesting was um, what we're learning about in Soul Care Part 2, I guess, for lack of a better word, is... Um, this this aspect of an idea called the critical journey and it's talking about your journey through faith and it's something that I had never heard of before or even thought about so I thought maybe our listeners would be interested yeah totes dive um so it the I suppose it could have many names but like the the school of thought that we're learning directly from calls it the critical journey and it's like these six steps to knowing God and becoming more like Christ. So, for instance, so I'll just kind of like, do you want to just like dive in? Yeah, into go it? Okay. for it. Okay. So the first, it's called stages. And of course, as everyone is so uniquely designed by God and personality wise, everyone's so different and your life circumstances are so different. So this is always going to look different for every person, even in the same family. However, there's like general characteristics that kind of define these stages. It's like Spider-Verse. 
It's the canon events. The canon events? What? Did you watch the movie with us? Yeah, but you need to explain that. Oh, well, if if you've seen... If you haven't seen the newest Into the Spider-Verse movie... What's it? Wait, is it? What's it called? It's called Into the Spider-Verse, I think. If you haven't seen the newest animated Spider-Movie, then skip past this part because this will be a spoiler. Um, But if you have, you know about the part where they have the canon events, which are, like, the events that no matter what Spider-Man you are from any universe, those are the events that, like, have to happen in order to make you the Spider-Man that you are. Um, and they look slightly different for every single Spider-Man or person or spider mm-hmm. thing, but um, they are critical to to your you development. You are. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, we'll bring some sci-fi into this. Okay. So okay. these are the canon events. Go yeah. ahead. All right. So the first stage is typically when um, it says like your faith is discovered and you realize there's a god. Like you're oh, like holy crap. Yeah, kind of. Like, it's generally characterized by you have a sense of awe and a need for a savior. You you feel like there's greater meaning in life. It's kind of like the, the amazing holy crap phase. Mm-hmm. Like, I've found the answer to everything. Um, you have a sense of innocence and obedience as you grow. Um, in the church itself, you find that you're not alone. And you can get help from, from other believers who are farther along in their journey. And so it's kind of like... Like, it's not necessarily the moment that you accept Jesus into your life, but it's, like, in, you know, that arena mm-hmm. of, and maybe you were in Sunday school your whole life, and, and you're like, yeah, I heard this a hundred times, but it it's, like, maybe that moment where it really snaps into place for you. Mm-hmm. You're like, whoa, no, actually, I need a Savior. Mm-hmm. Like, that might be that. That's step one. Also, that's funny to me because you saying that, the fact that that's step one is kind of funny because for a lot of, I've actually heard a lot of people whose testimonies ends there yeah it's like I grew up with the church it became normal to me then I realized like in my own way that this was actually God and and now I'm now I believe again for real the end sure yeah and the younger you are the the less story you have to tell but But, like that's like it like that's mm -hmm. yeah that's true that is true because like a lot of people don't even hit stage one until they're like midway through life Mm -hmm. that's stage one and there's six according to like this school of thought <laughs> and also what's interesting is the church often gets people to that point. The church meaning like the church body, not, you know, your particular church, but just in general, like the Western church, I would say, um, is like, oh, get them in, get them saved, get them serving, kind of. And and then, but like there's, there's not much past that, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of support for bringing in new believers or people who are seeking, and there's a lot of support for, hey, now get involved, find your community, and which is actually like a part of stage two, which is learning about God. So stage one was discovering God. Stage two is learning about God, and that's where your your faith is built as you learn about God. So um, it's characterized by your the meaning that you've derived from your faith. Um, it, it becomes your belonging like you belong now you have a community you found your people sort of thing um you have a sense of rightness and security in your faith so it's like oh i've got it figured out the way i see the world that makes sense and and i'm good like i don't have to like question that anymore um the church itself provides motivation and tools to live in accordance with the path um so here's what's interesting I haven't mentioned. There's also where you can get stuck at each of these stages, um, where you don't move past them. 
is you don't continue your growth. One of the ways that you get stuck in stage one is you there's like you feel worthless and um, there's like there's just ignorance to not know that you can go farther in and deeper in. Um, and maybe that happens when you don't have a good community to support yeah. you or whatever. It's like the seeds getting dropped in the wrong dirt. Sure, yeah. Um, in stage two, you can get stuck there and not move past that because you get really rigid in your righteousness. It's us versus them, which you see actually see a lot with people not getting past stage two because they're very like, oh, it's, you know, the whole like, I've figured it out. You're clearly not a Christian because you see it differently. Mm. And I'm like, you know what I mean? Like kind it, of. You should elaborate. Well, kind of the, like, this is where, like, pride can get in the way. Like, people get to stage two and they're like, well, I've, I've been redeemed and I've got, like, this narrative that I, you know, I'm working through. And, and because it's so unique to each individual, not everyone's going to see it the same way. But people in stage two are, like often are like well this is the way it's done like this is the way it this always is the is. Way. yeah and I, I am so bad at explaining stuff I feel like I'm just no, epically I'm failing sense. but um epically. I'm I'm purposely kind of overviewing these stages because I want to talk about something later on that I feel is more important so um stage three is called working for God um and that is your faith is working for so this is where people are like I'm still like all about this I want to get involved like how can I like can I get on the greeter team or can I help design bulletins or I, I can play piano can I be on the worship team or I'm gonna go join the food pantry you know all these things is it's it like all, is it like mission trips and stuff too? mission trips could yeah. count and um you know I don't know that that's necessarily because some people get saved on mission trips right yeah. so like, like if that's your outreach yeah yeah, that could be. Um, and holy cow, the it got really dark in here because I know, the sun. When I was doing school um, <laughs> this morning and sitting in my room, it would go from being November to feeling dark. like it was straight out June. Yeah, it's bizarre. I'm like, I gotta read my piece of paper and I can't even see it for a second. Um, it's fine. Do you want my phone flashlight? No, oh, I. Well, I'm not. Again. No, yeah, we're good. <laughs> like the sun's back and I can see again. No, it's not <laughs> that dark. It's just this huge contrast. Pitch black, guys. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. Um, so this is where you have a sense of belonging to a church. You're like, this is my church home. This is my family. Um, you have a sense of uniquely contributing to God's work. It's like, for me, I know graphic design. I can help design the sermon slides. Like, I. You know. And useful. Yeah, exactly. You're just like, it's a good, good place to be. Like, stage three is where most people hang out. Christian chilling. Yeah. And honestly, that's where most people stay, is stage three. There's a value placed on symbols, such as health, blessing, doing right, um, spiritual gifts, stuff like that. So you really start to look into, you're going deeper, right? Which is good. Um, the church is, as a whole... Um, says we are equipped to do so we'll build we'll produce we'll serve we'll do outreach we'll use our spiritual gifts you know like which is all good things all good, good things. things all, good, all things. good things yep yep um so the way that people can get stuck in stage three is they view their life as performance it's like faith can get mixed up with being like well if i'm not doing something then i'm not earning god's love like that sort of thing like that balance isn't quite right. Um, you can get burnout 
you volunteer for everything. And now you're working every single Sunday morning and you don't actually even get time to hear the sermon because you've joined joined four different like serving teams or whatever, or you're there every night for a different Bible study group. It's like you can get burned out really easily. Um, And then some ministries just, they're self-centered. They make you feel good. So that's why you're doing it. It's not because of the God in you outpouring. Um, What? So you said oop, and I didn't know if you had more to say about oh, that. Oh yeah, no, it was like that's it's facts. It's, you're spitting facts like it's majorly convicting. Not I mean not for me, but like <laughs> not, not for you. I'm not, I'm not a stage Lord, three. Lord no, I'm not <laughs> me. Um, no, but just like I think that that's definitely something that's like relatable to people because it can be easily mixed up of like this feels good as opposed to this is doing good, and you can be doing good. For the not good reasons. Right. Which is tough because it's like, well, but I'm I'm able to impact people. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you are, but your heart's not really in the right place. So what's it really doing for your walk? It's tough stuff. And, and yeah, I mean, I'm guilty of it. It's okay if you say that you're guilty of that because that is just a part I of mean, our I'm battle. I mean, I've been at some point. I can't say something off the top of my head, but yeah, totally. Yeah. So then we go to stage four. It's called... It's called rediscovering God or the journey inward. Um, This is, faith is rediscovering God. There must be more, a need to figure out a different way to be in relationship with God. So you've, you've done all these things, you've, you've reached this stage and it's like, actually it's not quite hidden anymore. Um, This is characterized by life or faith crises that creates a sense of like, creates. Is that the plural? Life or faith crisis? Is it, wait, was it, is it, uh, uh, what, whoa, did I just break you? <laughs> crises? Like Reese's? I thought well, it was crises. No. Oh, it's not crises. Whoa, I just had a stroke. What the heck? <laughs> it's, so, cri- one crisis, multiple crises. Stop. Actually? Yes. It's crises? That's so weird. Well, it's like, you know. What are you doing this weekend? Oh, I'm having a crisis. Really? Just one? No, no, you're right. It's, it's going to be a, quite a few crises. Sounds better than crises. I don't know. They're both equally stupid sounding. Well, there we are. Crises. Crisis. That sounds like a British like cracker brand. I'm going to eat my faith crises with my spotted tea. Some tea and butter. <laughs> okay. Take three crises, please. Thank you, darling. <laughs> oh, no. Goodness, don't eat them all, Josh. <laughs> I'm going to gain a few. Oh, my gosh. So can I go sorry, on? Sorry, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you got your chocolate in you, and now you're getting punchy. <laughs> um, life or faith crisis is no. I said it wrong. It is crisis. <laughs> Creates a loss of certainty, meaning everything you thought was like rock solid, hardcore. I'm right. They're wrong. Not so certain anymore. With your faith, with mm. God, searching for direction, not answers. You're just kind of feeling lost. Pursuit of personal integrity in relationship to God. God is released from his box, even if it looks and feels like losing faith. I love that statement. It's like you've constructed this faith around the Lord and which is fine. And every I mean, and, and this is where I said, like all your life circumstances, your history, your your previous view of what church is builds this box around God. You don't even know you're doing it. It just is. Like, like people who come from a very buttoned down, like religion, 
um, like say I, I grew up Lutheran so I can do that and um, like that was <laughs> why are you laughing <laughs> you dump a load of sweaty <laughs> chocolate chips in my hand as I'm trying to like give an illustration and it's so distracting <laughs> and I just dump it on the ground like a pile of rabbit poo and <laughs> your face it's <laughs> did i look grossed out mortified absolutely repulsed oh yeah no warning what's that <laughs> you're making, I didn't... you're making it really hard for me to concentrate I'm sorry. and then it was the sound of all the little chocolate chips hitting each other as they fell to the ground <laughs> <laughs> i don't want these in my hand right now they're gonna melt i dumped them on the quilt well, the quilt is cold. It's not going to... <gasps> I'm so sorry. I was, I was trying to quietly laugh. Yes, but then I couldn't help it. Like, I couldn't talk <laughs> through all of that. I really tried. <laughs> I'm just not that good at that yet. Sorry. Um, so God is released from his box, even if it looks and feels like losing faith, because God has certain characteristics about him that we know are true and are always like eternal but also he's his own person and he can do however he wants so major facts yeah yeah um, no that one's a banger because literally i have no idea where I was going with that. no what did you wait what was that a box yeah, yeah. i'm so, oh, sorry guys um i'm sorry i'm actually thinking about these things i'm just being foggy um but it's literally every single person has a perception of god um and if you realize that you realize that like nobody obviously nobody fully understands god and everyone views god differently um even though as christians we all you know claim to worship the same god we kind of mentally have it be separate for every single person because of how how you're looking at him mm-hmm. because it's through a perception filter of your own excuse me your own circumstances and the things that you want the things that you're scared of and you know, mm-hmm. the figures that you've had in your life beforehand that you feel reflect who you think you're like God would be towards you. I mean, mm-hmm. it's people who come from re- abusive relationships project that onto God as that's how he treats them. And people, you know, who have come from, you know, very controlling or very absent, like father situations or relationships like that, that all sorts of, all sort of kind of, okay. It yeah, it contributes. Reflects. It builds exactly. into your yeah. like you've constructed this, this, this. Well, it is. It's a box. Mm-hmm. And even not even on the side of I, I kind of went on a tangent there, but like even not on the side of like negative things, but like you also just make a box for how much you can fathom that he's capable of, um, and that's not even like necessarily quantifiable. Like I probably can't think of all of the mental boxes I've made for God just thinking not even fully a thought of just that's not possible enough you know that's too big of an idea um that's that would take too much faith um just things that I've drawn lines that I've drawn on my own without even really thinking about it just because my human brain can't fathom his not boxness mm-hmm. his mm-hmm. lack of box right there is He's no a box, box. Of God. yeah there's no box that can Amen contain to that. him I need a shirt for that <laughs> right I serve a boxless God. 
It's a little odd. Yeah, but it'll make some interesting him like heads turn and questions asked. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, the way that you can get stuck in stage four is you're always questioning and you're consumed with self-assessment. Oh snap! People who like personality tests, people who like, um, you know, have to analyze all the things, like can get stuck here because like the whole searching for direction not answers search you know you're trying to figure out wait well what is the faith to me now and and so something that goes along with stage four it's either caught either stage four causes it or this causes stage four it's it's like they're intermingled is um so it's called the wall this isn't a stage it's just the wall it's where our will meets god's will and um, it's, you say this isn't working anymore, there's got to be more. So that's still like, that has stage four vibes all over it. <laughs> um, but it's characterized by our feeling of God's presence evaporates. Um, we want to run away. We, f- we feel unmasked. And um, this, this is the part where most Christians, and I, I shouldn't say, there's no like real statistics for this, but a lot of Christians bounce off the wall and just stop there. Either that or they give up their faith. And usually what happens is there's like a major crisis. Crisis? I'm, I'm, now I don't even know. Um, like Something that major illness. Why? Like, yeah. So like a couple years ago when daddy got really sick and he went into the hospital and he was like on this career trajectory. He had it all mapped out in his head. And he got way sick, like mm-hmm. almost died sick. And and he talked about this a little bit, I think, you know, know much earlier did, in the pod. Oh, I thought he hinted. Well, maybe not. Anyway, he like God like basically grabbed his face in the that that really dark time when he was like too sick to even like sit up on his own, and was like, "That's your idea of what you think I want you doing, but you never asked me." And um, he came out of that, like, thankfully he got better and he got well and he came out of that and he was, like, so different. And this was only in 2021 where he was, like, whatever, your will, not mine. Like, it was where his will met God, God's will, and he hit this wall and it took this major illness to get him to pay attention. Like, he's, he said, you know, I always prided myself self on like if I saw you know like the road closed sign and road closed ahead and like do not cross like I would like pay attention and not do it he's like but I must have busted through so many signs for God to like throw me off this you know Mm -hmm. like there was a cliff and a 90 degree turn and I was doing 90 miles an hour and I didn't make the turn Mm -hmm. and so um he you know he went through like deep introspection they say like the journey inward like what is my faith? Everything that he had built up until that point. And, and that wasn't the first time that he hit a wall. Like this, these stages can be cyclical, like, um, which I think words, they can like a circle that you can come back around. Mm -hmm. Right. So even in this assessment, they say like most people hit more than one wall in their faith journey. Walls are really uncomfortable. They, they kind of suck in a major, major way. You're questioning your faith. You're question. you're doubting, you're doubting hardcore. You feel like your prayers aren't going anywhere. Like God isn't like answering the way he used to. 
all these like everything has shifted and this this is kind of this universal thing but if you can get through it um you hit stage five where you come out of it and that is stage five is called surrendering to god and that's the journey outward and this is your faith has fully surrendered to god you're just like a renewed sense of god's acceptance you feel like you feel so deep your relationship with him um, deepening relationship focused and concerned with loving others well a deep calm or stillness like you just have it's like you've gone through this massive event that could be trauma like traumatic and your soul has like come much more in line with god and because of that despite the awful thing you had to go through death of a loved one loss of job and house like maybe you had to be homeless maybe you had to uproot and move four states away and like all these things let go of tons of security that you thought you needed right but in the process if you surrender your will to if you believe that god is what he says he is which is good he is good he loves you and that this this awful awful time isn't because he wants to punish you it's because he wants to deepen the relationship bring it from superficial and bring it deep inside of you so that you can then grow and bloom and become the person that he always wanted you to be and um that happened for your dad that happened i've gone through one of these situations many many years ago um and um where I had to question everything I thought I knew about God and I never lost my faith thankfully but a lot of people do they hit this wall and and they're like you know what that's not what I signed up for you said you'd always be there for me and this terrible terrible thing happened to you know my mom or 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 me or whatever and I'm like you know people will just say I'm out that's where a lot of people drop their faith is through this this terrible wall like trauma time and it's really it it kind of stinks to say that that this sort of thing is built in to the journey to bring us closer to God but honestly think about it like when have you felt more close to God like in your life I know for me I can say I'm not thinking about seeking his will and, and having deep prayers with him and like digging deep in my bible unless I've got kind of a problem I'm dealing with like if everything's going really smoothly and I don't have any issues to worry about and we're gonna pay all the bills and like you know the kids are doing great in school I'm like okay well I'm good thanks God thanks for all your blessings you know what I mean like it's very superficial sorry no you're fine I'm 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 probably giving not good facial expressions but I'm actually interested okay um so stage five is there isn't really you're not necessarily stuck I was saying how you get stuck at all these other stages you're not really necessarily stuck there because you have just have more growth to go because you've gone through this like valley of the shadow of death so to speak with God and um, stage six is called reflecting God a life of love and it's all about God and honestly most people never reach it like they, they may get to stage five and then kind of work through because it's it's not just 
your spiritual baggage that you're working through. It's like your your emotional health and your mental health. There's all these things that are keeping you from like fully allowing the Christ in you from glowing. But I think every one of you listening and and you yourself, Ellie, can think of someone in your life who you're like, man, they've prob- they're probably a stage six Be- or at least like a heavy stage five where it's like they're not easily offended. They just love people so well. They give of themselves and, and they're like so devoted in the word and they, they you can just tell how much they love God. Mm-hmm. And like I can think of a few people in my life who are like that and man, they have gone through hard, hard things in their lives and they just have so much to give to people. Um, so stage six is characterized by a life lived in complete obedience to God. Wisdom is gained from life's struggles. You have compassionate living for others and detachment from the world, basically. Like, materialism isn't an issue. Um, It's not like you're sinless, right? That we just can't achieve that. But most people who are in stage six are like grandparent age. Mm -hmm. Um, You just go, you have to go through so much to reach that point. Um, So I just thought that was so interesting. And and one of the ones... Like, I know I've been doing a lot of the talking, but... It's all good. My voice isn't much more than a crackle, so... Did you have any questions or thoughts up until this point? No, I mean, stage six, I I mean, I can't really think of anyone more in particular off the top of my head, but it describes how I would always think about people in the Bible, like Moses, um, or like Abraham, or Noah, just these guys who are, like, described as just being so incredibly faithful to God. Or, like, being favored by God. Um, just, like, they've got it figured out. Um, sorry. It's fine. Sniffles, sniffles. Um, but I would always just, like, think of, like, what's the difference, you know? Like, why am I not at that point? Like, what were they doing? Like, was it just the times? Is it the fact that it was Bible times? People like that exist nowadays. Like, what does it take to be able to get to that level where, you know, you can have have conversations with God where you can be um, in his favor where you can be doing his will just naturally um, it's just it's it's another level but it's also makes sense that you have to go through so much in order to get to that point yeah and even so Moses right he went through so many trials mm-hmm. and and he was just like all right Lord what's next and, and certainly, God pulled him out of Egypt and stuck him in a desert for 40 years. Like, he had some growing up to do, right? So even, like, the Bible bigwigs that we talk about, like, they had a lot of time where they were, like, learning these spiritual disciplines, like mm-hmm. silence and, like, being by yourself. And, you know, solitude is another one. Solitude is a spiritual discipline. Or, yeah. Um, so. I also, like people when you hear of things of like even I was thinking even young people can get to that point but it's usually you hear stories of like oh this girl was incredibly faithful and she was whatever she always preached the gospel and was evangelizing and she was always in her bible and then they're like and she died when she was 12 from like brain cancer or something like she would always evangelize like the doctors and stuff like these things where you're like oh my gosh she had so much faith or like this kid was just doing so much it's like nine times out of ten it's because they were like going through something incredibly awful and then ended up dying young like they were going through the trenches Hmm. um and having to go through that 
way more life than a lot of people had triple their age. Sure. Um, and so they've just made the decision, you know. I don't, there's not a good end to that sentence, but, like, just that they were going through that much exponentially. They were maybe accelerating that yeah, journey. Yeah, exactly. Like, it was so going quicker. It's like, oh, wow, she was so faithful even though she was so sick. It's like, she was so faithful because she was so sick, you know. She had to have this awful thing um, happen, and I don't say that lightly. Right. Um, but it does. It brings you closer. It forces you to have a reality check and realize, what am I putting my faith in? Um, and for a young person like that, especially when you realize how little you have, it really puts it into perspective. Um, but for most people, that's not the case. And so it makes a lot more sense that it takes years and years for you to have to go through things and to have God kind of slap you in the face with circumstances for you to understand. I'm sorry if the mic's making noises. Alistair decided that the coziest place in this whole room is right underneath it. He's knocking his little noggin on the mic. Um, you comfy, buddy? He's purring, so... That's good. Yeah, I mean, and the thing that I wanted to emphasize, because this wasn't language that I ever had as part of, like, my toolkit before, was none of this. Like, I had no idea this was even a thing. And so, you know, part of my class was, like, in retrospect, I was like... Because at first I was like, oh, shoot, I haven't gone through a wall. I'm not looking forward to that. But then as, like, I started to understand it and we were fleshing it out in these classes and I was doing a lot of great reading um in in these books that we were given um I was like oh wait a minute I totally have I went through a big major one like 13 years ago and um you know we had to leave the farm and that was like this very traumatic experience which if you don't know the story, leaving a farm probably doesn't sound like, how could that be traumatic? But basically the short story is, um, your dad and I thought that we were called by God to take over my family farm and, and grow food, like organic direct to market food and like raise our kids there. And that was our forever home. And, and we were positive, like that was our calling and things were moving along really well. And then it, it all kind of fell apart we weren't able to make the transition with my parents. And, and so when we physically left the farm, um, and at that time we, they intended to sell it. So it wasn't even going to be in the family hands anymore. That didn't happen. But at the time, everyone believed that was the destiny of the farm. We were like, is everything we've ever thought about God wrong? How did we get this so wrong? How did we only make it like three years into this? It was supposed to be like 63 years of us doing this journey. And so it was a really dark time. And um, I didn't ever really feel like God had abandoned me, like that sense of he wasn't here for me. But I think I think your dad did. I think he felt that. And so, you know, but our personalities are so different. And it makes sense that we would be processing the same dark, they call it the dark night of the soul when you hit the wall. And um, that we would be both processing that very differently and experiencing it very differently. Um, but I just wanted to encourage you and, and any listeners out there who have ever like had doubts or felt like God was really distant or their faith was kind of stale. And like reading the Bible more and praying more and, and joining another small group wasn't cutting it. Like that's actually probably a real portion, like a part of the faith journey. Like it's not because you know, 
you didn't check this box and cross this T and you didn't journal enough in your Bible. It's because there's something going on in, in deep in your soul and it's like really awful and uncomfortable and kind of like you're out in a wilderness and that might be you hitting that wall, hitting that dark night of the soul where you just want to come through it and get out of it. And it could be, it's different for every person. Like it might be a couple weeks, couple months, couple years. And um, like, I'm not an expert in this or anything. All I know is like, I was through mine probably in three or four months, but like one of the authors of our books, it took him two years. And, and God just kept, because he wasn't figuring it out, like in his words, I'm not saying like, so for him, he just had one thing after another, just being like going wrong or being removed from him. And he was like this pastor of a huge church and all this stuff. And things were just going awful. His, he almost lost his marriage, all these things. And so, um, it's, it's just, I don't know. I can't make these blanket statements where it's like, you're not doing anything wrong and you didn't cause this and you need to just wait it out. It's like, no, I don't know your situation. But it's a possibility that if you're feeling this kind of like doubts and staleness, that maybe it's a consideration. You just need someone to walk alongside you, reach out to someone, and just have them like hold your hand. There's no real answers for it, but if you know that there's someone there you can talk to and just like be there for you, that's like a huge help. Yeah, no, for sure. And I you, I agree that you can't like say that that's the just like, you're, you're good for everything but I also think there is a lot of truth to being that to saying that it's normal to have doubts and to have a time when it just feels like oh Alistair you, you going buddy thanks for stopping by um cause I feel like there's a lot it's kind of stigmatized in the church about having um I, I'm, doubts in general that kind of bugs me it's almost like if you're doubting then you're leaving um when in reality you know healthy doubt is one of the best things you can do for your faith. Um, but there's also very much, um, that kind of idea of like, oh, well, if you feel like you're not really at the best place, you know, read your Bible more, pray more. Um, are you, are you in a small group? Well, are you in more small groups? Well, are you serving? Well, have you gone on a mission trip? Well, it's like, it, it doesn't fix And there's that saying that feels kind of blasphemous because it's like, well, yeah, obviously, like, the Bible is the living word. If you're right. getting into the Bible, it's going to help your situation. God's going to be able to speak to you more. If you're praying and speaking to your Father more, He's going to be able to respond to you. If you're surrounding yourself by a Christian community, you're going to have more accountability and people supporting you. Um, but the fact is that sometimes there's just parts in our lives where we are just feeling completely bleh in our faith. Um and I've had moments like that as well. I don't think any nearly as severe. Um, well, I know not nearly as severe. But in my experience, when I've come to those places, I've like literally prayed. I'm like, God, I need you to give me like a an OG's moment. Like I need you to kind of slap me a little bit because just opening to a new chapter and reading and just praying about things like it's just it's not enough because it feels like you've been running and running and then you're just like, where am I even going? Um, and it feels fake when you're hanging out with those types of people and you're trying to like surround yourself because you're like, what am I even saying? Like, I don't even really believe this right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and no one really talks about that. No. Um, and they so don't. it's just like, okay, well, why did she leave the church? Like, well, because 
she had questions and she felt alone even though she was doing what everything she thought she was supposed to be doing right um and it's just it's very contrary because everyone says that it's like oh reading your bible doesn't get you to heaven you know doing all of these like check the list things doesn't get you like salvation but it's also like oh you're not doing those things well that's why you're not feeling good right now mm-hmm. it's like well that's really backwards and oh sorry no go ahead finish your thought yeah well it's just like like i was saying before like those things help um but a lot of times you have to have something kind of drastic happen in your life in order to kind of smack you back into reality um and it's i mean i've had moments like that for myself um i know even like recently i mean i don't really want to like go into details or anything um but it was just definitely a time like this past year where i was just kind of like very nothing in my faith and i was like i don't like this it's it's like I think there's this idea that like if you're doubting and if you're feeling stagnant it's like oh well you're just not having enough faith it's like no I wanted to be a good Christian girl I wanted to be as faithful as I thought I needed to be I didn't like that I was having doubts I didn't like that I felt like I couldn't pray it wasn't like I was seeking out you know I wanted to go on parties or something um but the fact is I just like couldn't muster it up it was just like it wasn't there Um, and so I was just praying to God, I'm like, I really need you to give me, like, a breakthrough, I need you to kind of give me, um, a slap, and he did, (laughs) and it sucked, um, and it was a really hard situation, um, that I had to go through, and it was kind of traumatic, but it really cut me down to the bottom, where I was like, oh, okay, so actually I really, really, really need you like gonna not be like my real true self without you I'm gonna switch this around and it was crappy in every way possible but then it gave me the revival that I needed because it showed me like this is like unfortunately this is what you have without me like this is what it looks like for other people who don't have me but you have the choice to have me so I need you to put in the effort um and so situations like that um are sucky but I know that if that hadn't happened to me and not that I'm like such a good Christian now I've had to have slap moments more recently as well um but when it's drastic things like that it kind of just realigns your thinking um and realigns your heart uh to where you need to be and it's scary but I really encourage people to pray for that even if it's if you're in those kind of situations because um as much as it kind of feels a little bit petrifying to pray for something like that um it's really a, a crazy revival way for God to be able to speak to you um and I guarantee that you know if you've listened this long and you feel related to this um it's not that you also are like oh I just want to give up on God like no most people who feel like this I guarantee want to be able to continue to have that faith and don't want to have to give up Um, but you really just need something that can realign you on the right track and just remind you, um, why you started and had this faith and why God chose to redeem you. Yeah. One of the things I definitely want to add is, as I've been learning in this class is you can't get yourself out of the dark night of the soul. Like it's, there's nothing you can do. It's a hundred percent on God's timetable. So in some ways, depending on your personality, that really sucks because you've always been able to get yourself out of the situation but here you can't you just can't 
And that was like the situation with daddy, right? He was so sick. He just could not. And, um, in, in, you know, my situation years ago with losing the dream of the farm, there was nothing we could do. We had tried everything to salvage our staying there and we literally could do nothing more and we had to let go. And so, and that farm was a physical representation of like a whole lot of spiritual stuff going on too. But anyway, um, I just want to empathize, em- emphasize that, not empathize, <laughs> although I could, um, is that like, for instance, there's a couple gals who are taking this class right now who never had heard this before. And they're like, I'm going through a state, like a wall, the darkness of the soul oh. right now. I'm going through it right now. And this class has been so amazing for me. I didn't even realize that's what I was going through. And, and it, it's exactly, and I'm so thankful to be able to like process through these six weeks to have this time like so special. But one of them even commented and, and they're like, it's so frustrating because I want it to be done now. I want like, I want my lesson to be learned. I want my breakthrough to happen. I want it now, now, now. And it's like, nope, can't touch that. It's whenever God says. And so in some ways, if you're feeling this way, you can just release that like, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? What's the next thing? What do I have to try? Like, you know what? Nothing. You just, you just keep asking God, like, you know, in your, in your prayers, even if they're, if you're barely even, even able to pray right now, that's okay. Um, you just be like, you can even have like a heart cry and say, don't forget me. I'm here. Like, don't forget your loved one, you know, down here suffering through this. Like God sees that. And, and there's like, there is a time when you're on the other side of this and it's, and it's pretty awesome because you've, something has realigned in your soul with the Lord. So, and that's all I have to say about that. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's gotten long enough anyway. (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. You were like, I don't know if we'll be able to fill the time. I'm like, I think we'll be fine. It's a really interesting topic. I'm glad that I didn't have you talk about it too much beforehand because I kind of got to hear about it live. Or, um, and Would you have zoned out and taken a nap? Huh? Would you have zoned out and taken a nap if you already yes, knew? Yes, I, I definitely would have. Um, not because it was boring. It's because you're sick and you need a nap, I yeah. know. Yes. <laughs> yes, um, I can see it in your eyes. <laughs> about to go to fall asleep as yes. soon as we stop recording. Yes. But, as yeah, well you should. No, I, I hope that this was helpful for you guys. Um, if nothing else, I hope you feel seen. Um, there's a lot of things in the Christian faith that kind of get brushed under the rug or just not even talked about because people don't understand how to understand them. Um, oh, you want to shop the book? I'm just going to say, if you want to learn more about this, if you've been intrigued, one of the books that I'm reading is called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by Peter Scazzaro. And he has a whole series. Uh, the last name? Yeah. S C A. Z Z E R O. It's like scaz and zero. <laughs> scaz isn't a word, sorry. But it's scazero. Anyway, <laughs> she's like, you know, scaz. Scaz, you know, the thing. It's like crises. Um But anyway, he has a whole series, emotionally healthy fill in the blank. But the one we're reading is it started the whole series is 
called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, and it is really good. It's really relatable. It's, you know, it's a thick book, but I... It's really not. I read... As far as Christian books go, honestly. Yeah, it's a couple hundred pages, but, like, I read literally in one sitting, because I was so intrigued, I read half the book, and I was only supposed to read, like, one chapter for my class, and I was like, whoops, I'm halfway through the book. Yeah. (laughs) So, (laughs) anyway, so, but it gives you, like, real work, like, actual steps, real homework to help you become more emotionally healthy in your spirituality, but it talks about this whole thing, like, chapter five, as an example, says... Enlarge your soul through grief and loss. Like, surrender to your limits. And it's just, like, stuff like that where he's like, take the book slow and not like what I did. Yeah. And, and like, actually pray and, and work through this stuff. But some of these things I didn't even realize I've already done through my work. Um, so I felt like I was okay to kind of speed read through it. But <laughs> all I just say is it's really awesome. And it's easily found. It's probably even in the library because it's been around for a little while. But anyway... So, so, yeah, if you're into reading and you want to learn more about this, if this was intriguing, go check that book out. Um, I like how you said if you're into reading. <laughs> well, I myself am not, so. Well, you can get it on Audible. If you're into listening, well, clearly you are. If you want to listen to more, um, yes. more like this, then you can also find it on Audible probably or just Google it and say free audiobook after the name. Just kidding. I do not condone that. Um, if you guys like this podcast in general, though, or this episode, is he trying to get in the back of the attic? He's trying to claw the attic this door open. Cat. I'm going to videotape this. We should post this on Instagram. Are you going to cut this part out? No, it, wait, I'll just, I'll just keep talking as I'm videotaping. Okay. Um, basically, if you guys like this podcast, you know the drill, send it to someone. Um, helps us out a ton, really, even more than giving us a rating and review, which is also something that you can do. Um, but yeah sharing it really helps our podcast the most um but you can also connect with us more on instagram and facebook where you can kind of get in chat with us and you can let us know if you have any ideas or just if you know if there was an episode that was impactful or even something that you were like i don't know if you really got this right we love to have conversations with you guys it really just touches us um and encourages us to keep going with this but yeah hoping you have a fabulous rest of your week and that you are not the one of many who have been getting sick That's all. Bye-bye. Bye.